calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Are you ready for the news with a side of bell pepper? Seriously, what the f*** are you doing? It's time for Trend Lightly. No, God, please, no, no! With America's sweetheart. With America's sweetheart. Oh, my God! The Queen of Glendale. Glendale. Who are you? The Irish-American tornado. Surprise, Molly McAleer. Molly McAleer. Welcome back to Trend Lightly, everybody. Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany Maddox, how are you? I'm Molly McAleer, by the way. I told Tiffany I was going to start with a fun noise she would have to guess, but maybe that doesn't, they don't know because of the intro. It's such like a chaotic nightmare. Mm-hmm. They don't know that that was a new noise. I'll do it again. Tell me if you can guess. Oh, it sounds like a taser. It's a taser. <gasps> it is a UK, it's, it's a taser. My best friend, Edward Hansen, bestie of forever, he just dropped off my birthday gift and it was jelly beans mm. and a taser. And it's like bedazzled, light blue. I've never had a taser before, but can I tell you, there's probably a, a great reason why. <laughs> and it's because from the second I saw that thing, I was like, mm, I would like to try a little taste. Oh, Hundo P. I, have you tased yourself? Well, it's only been in the house for less than an hour. And mm. I was grooming, you know, my burgeoning major TikTok account before I had to, I was taking care <laughs> of some things, I had to make some follow up. So I haven't, honestly, what I am afraid for is the stillness of the night. Like I'm going to have to start saying, staying very busy because I do know a little self tase is coming. Oh, I. I'm so impressed that you've managed to make it an hour without tasing yourself because I loathe the idea of being hit with electricity, but I can't imagine not doing it a little bit to myself. (laughs) So you've done it, right? No, I haven't. Otherwise, I mean, (laughs) not the same, but I did, I got one of those, like, it was one of those, I saw it on TikTok things, you know, those like rechargeable candle lighter things that you can charge with a USB. And it's like an electric, it's like a little electric fence (laughs) in 
in a long stick. I don't know. And you can use it to light candles with. And I was curious about what the electric did. So I electrocuted myself within, yeah, within minutes of getting it. I, well, okay, wait. So that's, I'm glad we we share that quality because it is a specific quality of like, that's why I won't watch Euphoria. I told you, <laughs> I like become a slut. Like I will be like a woman in her mid to late thirties. I don't know if I can still pull that off. Mid to late thirties who will like, you know, become a whore and absolutely start doing crack and like no better. I know better. I'm too old. So all I can do is just say, I'm just not going to watch Euphoria because I'm very easily influenced. I'm incredibly suggestible. Mm-hmm. But I asked Ed if I could tase him. Ed's more delicate than me and not like he actually is very strong. He was called Fast Eddie in high school because he was an incredibly great football player. But my thing is like, you know, he's he's the type of person who he doesn't have that. He's like, oh, no, that's bad for you. I'm not going to do that. Don't He's not going to drink the poison. <laughs> must be nice I, but you don't know if you've never tased yourself then I don't know if I feel safe like I don't know if I feel safe Tase- don't the police do that do they all like have to when you're sort of training to do to become a police officer you have to get tased so that you can feel what it's like to be tased and some guys just like take it I think a lot of times they were people who got probably beat up as children, like their parents mm-hmm. beat them. And so they're used to just disassociating. But then mm-hmm. sometimes you see these guys just boom, hit the ground. Yeah. And I think I am going to do a TikTok live with my friend Jer tonight because I really want to go through my makeup on TikTok. I'm indecisive. I need like sisters, you know what I mean? Who are going to be like, yeah. no, actually that is ugly on you and throw it away. <laughs> well, TikTok will do that. <laughs> exactly. And Jared is like a, you know, makeup artist and overall just like a gorgeous man. So I feel like he'll be like the sensitive side, but then I definitely need someone. I feel like what I want to do in in a situation like this, and tell me what you think. This is like my new social media experiment. Mm-hmm. I feel like if someone's going to if, if I'm going to ask people to help me do something on a live, I have to Venmo one person ten dollars. Yeah, that's the like I'm not Venmoing anyone else, but like I have to Venmo one person ten dollars just to show. Listen, I'm not going to pay a livable wage, <laughs> but I do need to show that I, you know, it's a consulting fee. That's good. That's good. And people will hang around because they'll be like, is it me? Am I providing valuable information? Is Moles paying me for this? Yes. It's fabulous. But that's not, I don't know if I want that in my life because I don't know. I don't want, if, I don't want, I know if, see, because that leaves me vulnerable, Tiffany. And this is where we're <laughs> going to get into your new shit. Okay. This <laughs> leaves me vulnerable because you, I guess, so you, did you start like your foot Instagram? I did. I was in the bath earlier and I was looking at my lovely little toes and thinking, this is just, this is a waste. (laughs) Everything I do now is a waste. Like if I'm not taking a picture of it, if I'm not making a video of it, it's a waste of content. And I didn't want to leave money on the table. So I snapped a picture of my toes and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start this. So set up the Instagram 
I sent you the screenshot within 10 minutes. It was wild. My DMs were like filling up, flooded. Loads and loads of people commenting. And (laughs) thus far, it's been very scammy, (laughs) like super scammy, like beyond. And I'm like dumb. Like you knew that. Like the things that you were saying like right away, like that's a scam. And I do need to like read through them more carefully, truthfully. Because <laughs> well, I, I realize now I didn't even see your username. But like this one guy wrote, hey, beautiful, I want your feet pics 10 with socks and 10 without socks daily for a week, $3,000. <laughs> I don't think that's a scam. <laughs> but like I know the growing rate for feet pics is like, 20 bucks a pop or something for a little set. So that's a big red flag. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But because I was like, why do you want to pay me so much? Because (laughs) the anticipation, because Mm -hmm. it's like he knows it's coming daily. You can maybe send the foot with sock AM, foot without sock PM. A whole story. I love it. And then he sits there all day long, just like horny and ready for these feet and then maybe like on like Thursday you can fuck with him and send him the no toes or the toes early in the day and he'll it will like fuck Throw with him his for anticipation loop. yeah yes <laughs> yes and then like you can see if he's like a kind of guy who gets angry or I mean you know you're a dominatrix I'm an idiot so I like I this is where I need your help so Tiffany is going to be can we announce this that I'm a that I'm your foot manager. She is going to be my foot manager. Yes, I will do my best. I'm going to do all the correspondence to my best. I will probably be, but that's your you know you're getting a ten percent fee, it's industry standard. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the website takes a cut as well. That's fine. This is I already told my business manager. He was out here from Massachusetts, and I said to him, Sean. By the way, I have the best like money manager if you ever need a money manager reach out to me dead ass like I do like I trust this man with my life but I was like Sean I'm gonna start selling pictures of my feet and he like started laughing and I'm like no I'm dead serious like my podcast partner and I were talking about it <laughs> and she is like very smart she knows the ropes you know because I think he's like okay like I think that he's like, Molly, like, let's see how this ends with you getting murdered. But you're going to know how to tell me what yes, to do. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, yeah, like I, I'm already I'm already out there with it. But yeah, I, I can help you avoid the scammers. I can help you do that. I forgot what I did before. I forgot what I was saying before that. But like, you know, you know exactly what you're doing. How do you know this man's a scammer? <laughs> Again, I think the pricing was a little um was a little off for me. Also, so a lot of these scammers I've noticed have a, a similar pattern. So it'll be like, I want this many photos and this many videos, and I'm gonna pay you this huge sum of money. But there's no like specific about it. It's just like just the feet. You just want 40 pictures of my feet. Okay. Like doing what? <laughs> like what kind? And they're like, Hey, um, I just right. need your PayPal. I just need your cash app. And I'm like, okay, but a real pervert would be like telling me now, like, I want you to, I want, I want to see the socks like being taken off um, really slowly. Maybe they're not perverts. Maybe it's just like a nice guy who like needs, a, who likes a foot 
he doesn't have a foot in his life or he needs more variety. And maybe he's just a sweet guy with a lot of cash. And (laughs) I mean, this is where you need to like, this is, can we talk about the AB testing? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, Well, I mean, also I want to say, I mean pervert as a term of endearment. Oh, like, no, I know. I know. Yeah. But I just wanna, I'm just saying, I'm just like showing you the other stories that can be written mentally. Like, it, to me, like, I would assume all these guys are really good guys. Really, oh. really good guys. Sweethearts. They just like a foot. They're into a foot. And the fact that they want to pay for it is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, they just want to be a sugar daddy. Oh, this is what I was going to say. This is what my my money manager was like, okay, because I told him about your concept of A-B testing with, you know, same feet, different attitudes. Mm-hmm. One sweet, one a little bit domineering. And then just seeing what is the sprat that captures the mackerel. What are people loving? What is trending? You know, it's the... It's the marketer in me. <laughs> I just want to know. I want precision and I want data and I need to know where the growth levers are. So I think I need to do personally, I think I need to do elegant feet because my feet can look very elegant. I own beautiful shoes. Like I can do that. I can do the beautiful feet thing. I think that I have to go with not to rely on my old bag of tricks. I think I have to go with some indie sleeves feet. No, it's you're bang on. It's like that's exactly what people are going to be looking for. You know what trends? It has to be Sasha Gray. I have to be giving Sasha Gray, but feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh wait. So I'm I'm comfortable saying this on mic. You don't deal with this, but like I'm one of those people that I get three like three hairs on my on each of my big toes. Yeah, and I want to know what you guys think I could get for a green like to grow out or shave a toe for a man (laughs) like what if I grow because it can happen in like a month you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah if you're gonna shave it you want to get the bag for shaving it and then you want to get the bag for growing it it's like it's money all the way down so okay are you you're giving them away for free on IG is the plan to link your profile in the bio Yes. Yeah. So I'm, there's a couple of feet specific sites that I'm going to be listing. (laughs) And because there is a lot of scamming, there's so much scamming was like, it's ridiculous. This guy, like two of them have made me laugh a lot tonight. Well, actually there's been a couple of really funny ones, but, um, it's so like some of them, it's so clear there's a scam because they're like, can I get your cash app? Can I get your PayPal? Whatever, which I've like anonymized under a pseudonym and linked it to like a proton mail email. So it's like encrypted. And anyway, I do not know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do it as part of your um, signing with a new management. Uh, we'll have a kind of a okay. session. That is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a benefit of joining the the firm. I agree. You're right. Okay. Also the okay. irony of like being like, I'm so anonymous and then announcing it on a podcast with people listening is uh, not beyond me, but it's well, not that you're I, still I'm not going to know my no. dogs. No one's going to know my dogs out on the street. You have a tattoo though, which I think is very, could be incredibly appealing. Yes. I mean, that is a category on one of the feet related websites is tattooed feet. I mean, it is on the ankle, but 
I think I could get away with it. But basically what I've noticed is that sometimes you'll be having a, a conversation with a, someone who may potentially be a scammer. They will ask for a way to send you money, a huge amount of money for lots of pictures of your feet. And then you drop your cash tag and then they'll say, or your PayPal, whatever it is. And then they'll say, okay, I need you to verify the transaction. <laughs> and you're like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. And this guy was like, I need you to send me the card number for verification. I said, you want me to send you my credit card number? And he's like, no, baby, you don't understand. Let me send you some screenshots of one of my other sugar babies. And it's basically like, I'll have to, I'll send them to you, Mills, but it's basically like, this series of pictures of somebody basically going out and getting like uh, gift cards, like Google Play or Amazon gift cards, whatever. Of course. And of scratching course. off the back. A tried and tested scam. But you know what his fucking like fake name was? <laughs> Which what? It was Chris Tallman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris Tallman. <laughs> Which is like, that's like your name being like Mike White Guy. It well, is like- <laughs> a little bit, but it's like so much more insecure. Yeah. Because like, you know, he just has to put it out there. He just wants to let you know he's not a short guy buying your feet pics. He is <laughs> but he's not even buying your feet pics. But like it's just, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you gotta give the short to medium kings a chance because these tall guys, they're just overvalued in society and we're perpetuating that. They're valuable. And then now you have this guy having chicks out buying Google Play cards. I know. Because by Chris Tallman. We've given them like a shortcut. By the way, we are going to get to West Elm Caleb later. We definitely so will. We definitely will. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to I'm gonna read you DMs from like two guys where something really similar happened. Uh, <laughs> essentially... He said, I need 40 pics and 10 videos. How much do I have to pay for that? I said, why so many? <laughs> and he said, barefoot and videos, baby. And if I make your payment now, when will I get them? And I was like, what would you like to see in the videos? Stomping, toe wiggling. He said, stomping. And what's your PayPal link or email so I can arrange your payment? So I sent the, uh, I sent the email and he said, um, in, you need to pay $48 fee to complete the transaction. So he sends me like a fake photoshopped screenshot saying that he's sent me like $800 or whatever. And I said, can I ask you a question? Are you down with the clown? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yes, baby. Ask baby. Yes, I am, baby. Unbelievable. You've got a juggalo, baby. But it's because it was inspired by somebody who had sent me a DM earlier who had basically, he's like, I need you to verify. I need you to verify on Cash App. He's like, you have to make a trust fee of $15 so I can trust you just so I know I am not getting scammed again. I said, sure, honey, of course. Should I send you my Cash App? I said, yes, do that. And I'll do it right away. I was going to use the money to feed my kids, but this is fine, I guess, too. And he says, okay. He sends me his cash tag and his name is Jugger. And he says, you are receiving your money immediately. You send the trust fee. I said, of course. Are you a juggalo? <laughs> mm. He's like, okay, I wait. I was like, are you? Before I send this money, I need to know if you're down with the clown. 
he responds, what do you mean? I said, whoop, whoop. It's what I need from daddy for you to do this. It's very important for me. <laughs> he says, sorry, I am not. <laughs> okay. So, uh, okay. So I was going with one I thought, and now it's very clear. Okay. So this is definitely like, it's Nigerian email scammers. Yeah. hundred percent. They're all up in the DMs like immediately. I, <laughs> there was one guy. So now I'm just basically, the things that I'm doing is I'm sending them each other's cash tags so that mm. they're requesting money from each other. Yes. Tiffany. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is so great. Actually, this is, we've just created another business. This has to be like, okay, I think that we should own, I don't think we should ever tell people exactly who our feet are. Like, this is like, this is my account. Mm-hmm. I think we should do that. But since we are being open about this and because it is, it's fucking feet, like who cares? Like, are you kidding? In 2022, you're going to be shy about selling your feet. Don't be an idiot. Okay. Mm-mm. Like we should then start an additional Instagram, which we will monetize and use to <sighs> promote our feet. Yeah. That that's just these like scammer messages. Feet scammers. Yes. I love it. I love it. Cause I lo- I'm loving role playing with them so much, especially like keeping them, keeping them hanging where they're waiting for me to send this money that I'm never going to send. And it's always like, make sure you pay it as friends and family and send a screenshot. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a little slow. I hit my head earlier. And he's like, okay, are you okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, yeah, it was crazy. I was spraying some Fago as I like to do on a Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, he doesn't even know you're not from here. (laughs) Okay, keep going. And the floor was soaking wet. He said, oh, sorry, baby. And then he sends me the email. This is where you pay it, baby. And make sure you pay it as friends and family and send the screenshot when you're done. I said, I was going to mop it up, but my favorite song came on. Hocus Pocus. You know it? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I slipped and fell. It was so bad. I was bleeding like crazy. He says, sorry, baby. I said, so I'm a little slow. My eyes are finding it hard to focus. He said, just pay the fee now and you'll receive your payment immediately, baby. I can't understand you, baby. Show me the screenshot. Let me see. So I send him back his email, but I've written it wrong. And I say, great. (laughs) You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I, I'm like, so, I'm just in awe of you. I really am. I really am. No, I'm in awe of you because like, that's, that. first of all, I'm just realizing now I have to get a separate phone. I have to get a second phone if I'm going to do this because like... It will just keep me in the mindset of like, these are not your friends. You are selling feet pics. Like this, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's a huge thing, I think. But like, no, you're so genius. Like you're so genius for being able to play with it. And I have to ask you, like at what, what are you going to do when it's like not fun to be pen pals with not just the scammers, <laughs> but like any of these people, because it, it does, it, I, that's what I'm anticipating already. Like, I don't love a t- like I communicate with my friends. There's certain people I want to talk to. I mean, you know, we text a lot, right? Yeah. I'm not someone who's not available for communication. But it's going to be these guys that I have, a, not the scammers even, but the guys themselves, my real customers, it's going to, they're going to be the ones that I have a hard time keeping up with. Yeah. It's the, that there is like, I would say like the emotional toll yeah. of any kind of sex work is dealing with the human beings. Like always like the, <sighs> Yeah, I had a guy message me earlier and send me a picture, a video of him with like pegs all over his body, and I was like, I I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with this right now. Like, I'm just literally, I'm just having a Kit Kat uh, on the couch. Um, when you say pecs all over his body, what do you mean by that? Like clothes pegs, like all over oh, his pe- body. Oh, pegs. Oh, like oh, like clothespins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had another guy who said he wanted to pay me to send him voice notes where I was screaming at him. And I was like, I am in a flat <laughs> with neighbors. I don't know if I, he was like, are you in a place where you can le- yell really loud? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I, I am not. I can't do my voice. I can't do my, they can never hear my voice. <laughs> Cause they'll know that's my giveaway. Yeah. I have two things. I have two more thoughts for you. One, dermal blend. Dermal mm. blend on the tat. I feel like that's your second career. You could maybe uh, even yeah. pull a third. I've genuinely thought about that. I also did a couple where I literally photoshopped the tattoo out. And I facetuned my foot to make it extra like young looking. Wait a minute. Okay. I didn't even think about that because I thought that, you know, these guys are so, I mean, I guess they are pretty like definition of down bad mm-hmm. so they okay yeah I didn't even I thought maybe there was something like not ethical about photoshopping these pictures but 
See, this is I this is why I need a manager. This is why I need a manager. <laughs> I just thought, well, I kept trying to do stuff with face gene and it was like, this is not a face. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not. It's a foot. But there is no foot tune. So make my feet look very, very smooth. Thank you very much. Yeah, I have one of those like Korean beauty apps that I use like if I want to add like stickers to something or whatever. In practice, I don't know if we've talked about this on here. I think maybe I did in the past with when Brian was my co-host. But like I think everyone can tell if you're face tuning. And yeah, yeah. it's embarrassing like to do that. I mean, I love that like certain people own it, but you know how I feel. I think it's like embarrassing. Yes. Though I have found a setting on Facetune that's like, that's basically like add the texture back in. So like you can smooth little bits and then, cause I had like a little, like I had like a little bruise on my foot and that's basically, I was like, oh, I can't have a bruised foot. I don't want them to think I'm like in a crack den. Right desperately selling my feet like I'm supposed to be a high-end foot bitch like these feet shouldn't have ever seen any work or suffering in their life and I wanted that out but um and I was like oh did I go too far and then I hit the button that's like retexturize and it basically makes it look like normal I would save those bruised feet pics though the originals in a different file because there might be someone who likes that someday be up feet you're right Like there has to be, there's too many people who like love watching women get hurt. Okay, wait. Okay, we have to move on. We have to do our podcasts. We just have to. (laughs) Okay, so there was this thing that went viral. Like I believe it was December, 2020. It was before we started this podcast. And I saw it pop up again on my like Twitter feed yesterday because I followed the guy who went viral for it. And so sometimes he'll respond to people and I see it. Anyway, it's King's Hand. If you don't know what King's Hand is, I made a TikTok talking about it, and I'm going to play it. I This is not going to be a show where I play my TikToks, but I feel like I said everything I needed to say in this, although I have so much more to say, so let me just play it. There's something that I think about, like, constantly, and it's King's Hand. Mm. This only happened in, like, December of 2020. So you probably remember it, but King's Hand, it's a dessert made of M&Ms and cookie dough molded into the shape of a hollow hand and filled with Greek salad. It was invented by Twitter user That Fruit, a 28-year-old data analyst who said the idea came to him in a dream. So he made King's Hand and I kind of forgot about it because like I thought about it all the time because I know exactly what it tastes like. I know exactly what it tastes like. And then I was on Twitter and I saw this and someone's making it again, and I just know King's Hand is coming to the forefront 24-7, but I'm never going to let myself have it. I'm edging myself till I die on this, because it's I'm going to have to make that, and I'm just not going to do it, and you can't buy a mass-produced King's Hand. You have to make it yourself fresh, so. Okay. Did you see King's Hand the first time it came around? I don't recall the moment, but when I saw it again... It felt very familiar to me. Do you know what I mean when I say that it's, it looks like the best, it looks like not the best food ever made. It looks refreshing. (laughs) It looks like it doesn't, you know, I, it's referred to as a dessert on Wikipedia, but I wouldn't call it a dessert because it's like, 
you know, I mean, there's something, it's like a French breakfast. Like, you know, maybe you have a little biscuit, but like, you're also eating all this like fresh, delicious produce. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what a French breakfast does, but like, I, there's something about it. I just know, I know exactly what it tastes like. And it, yes, it sounds so good. You're so right. I think one of the reasons why this probably took off, like with such, uh, veracity is because it is so it's it's so tangibly close like if I close my eyes I can taste it Mm. I know exactly how it feels in my mouth it's like if you eat a Greek salad and you have like some feta on the back of your molars Mm -hmm. and then like you take a bite of a big cookie Mm -hmm. that is that's that's there and then like you can feel all like the fresh cucumbers inside of your stomach with that cookie. But it's not, it's not even that it's, it's more than that. So for anyone who's not getting the visual here, King's hand is that, you know, this guy who invented it, he had a dream about King's hand. And so we went out and bought a silicone mold and made a mold of his hand. Then what I loved about the original is how finely he chopped the cucumbers and tomatoes. Like I just knew it was so, it looks so dank. Like it looks like the dankest salad ever. <laughs> and then he filled the hands after baking two, two of them. Here's my thing. It's this, the scariest thing in the world for me to think about finally eating a king's hand and it not being what I want. And the worst of it all would be if I had notes, if I was like, oh, it's so close to exactly what I imagined. And I, I like a gluten-free cookie, so I could do a gluten-free king's hand. But I have a friend, Stephen Ray Morris, former sound engineer slash producer of Mother May I Sleep a podcast who you might know from my favorite murder, his girlfriend, Brenna, is a personal chef. And I feel like she's the type of silly bitch who would absolutely let me pay her to like make a king's hand for me. And like a, it would be an amazing king's hand if she's a It would be chef. an amazing king's hand. Yeah. I would want it like baked fresh. At Like I would want the baking to happen at my house, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I know she probably does a lot of her work out of – either a commercial kitchen or her home. But I I will I probably will reach out to her about pricing on a king's hand, how she wants to collab, but I'm not paying a living wage. And that's my new expression because it's true. I'm like I literally can't pay anyone a living wage. I yeah, that's my that's my new that's my new thing. I but it's an internal struggle, Tiff. It's an internal struggle because if I if I have it and it's not like if it's not crunchy mm-hmm. or if like there's a single tomato seed versus just like the tomato, you know, exoskeleton, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be like, what do you, I mean, what do you think? Do you think I should, what do you think I should do? Never have it. I think never have it because the reality of it will never be as good as how it tastes in your mind. And I think it would be it would be one of those like impossible dreams that you can chase but maybe never have it like wouldn't that make it all the more like myth like yeah the mythology of it yeah I know I know but I'm okay here's I'm gonna push back I've had like don't you feel that way about a lot of great things in life like there's celebrities that I would never meet 
because like they're too important to me. Right. And then I've had celebrities that I never wanted to meet, but then I did meet and it was like, okay, like I actually could handle that. Like I could handle it. The thing is, is like I, with, with King's Hand, like Wagyu beef, for example, like when I, I went to Japan, I was eating a lot of beef, dude. I was getting it in and I, I was always afraid, like, you know, you're going to spend, you know, $200 on a piece of meat. That's better be the best meat you ever eat. And it's very mm-hmm. scary. Cause you're like, okay, I'm about to spend all this money. I'm in a foreign country. I don't want to be disappointed and not know the language. And so I just was like a little nervous, but I went for it and it was like amazing. Why, like, what is different about King's Hand? It's because it's an invention. Yeah. It it has a certain, it has a certain like sheen. And, and I keep coming back to mythology about it that it's sort of like, oh my God, who is that in the back? <laughs> I do think I have to like give them a little snick snack because otherwise they're going to keep like molesting the podcast, but uh, finish your, finish your thought and I'll, then I'll feed them a scoop of food. I'm sorry. I I am Reba right now. (laughs) Well, actually, I think maybe I've changed my mind about it because now I'm thinking about it. We're in a pandemic. We've just like, we've managed to survive this far. Maybe 2020, what year is it? 22? Are we in 22 right now? Maybe it's the year of yes. And maybe fucking yes, have a king's hand. Fuck, I've come, I've done a full. I'm I'm feeling, I'm starting to feel that way too. Because like, there's so many things in life. Like I recently started using this like Louis Vuitton bag that I bought like three years ago, four years ago. And I haven't, I've been afraid of it. I, I keep it in my closet in a dust bag. And I was like, I'm fucking done, dog. I'm mm. done. I'm breaking this thing out and I'm going to be using my Louis Vuitton bag that I bought. This is so dumb. What am I saving it for? And so I've been carrying it and I I love it. I love the shape. I love the size. I like that it's like, you know, I mean, like I'm enjoying my life. Is it perfect? Do I have fear? Yeah. But like there's so there's so very little for us left on this planet. Agree. I might as well. The news has been treacherous. Oh, God, always. Everybody needs a little king's hand, maybe. Yeah, I was, I was like, really stoned and sad. Like, I was, like, hungover yesterday. And I was, like, it was, like, a sad hangover. Mm. And I don't like that. It's been a very long time since I've been, like, <laughs> like, what is my life even for? Like, it's been a very long time since I've been, like, that hungover. Yeah. And it's just... Yeah. Now I, you're right. I need to try it. I'm going to reach out to Brenna and I'm try a fucking King's hand. Yeah. The, do it. the key is definitely those tiny little, I've, I've noticed this on TikTok. I'm just so obsessed with salads with everything is chopped like the exact same size. It's like so delicious to me. Like, why is it more delicious when there's little tiny bites of stuff? No, I know. That's like why I love, I mean, it's one of the many reasons I love to be in the Armenia of America, Glendale, because like, like the Armenians know how to chop up a salad. Mm. It's like the tiniest little, it's like, mm, it's so good. It tastes, it tastes elegant. You don't need dressing even when they do it like that. So it, it is an M&M cookie. And that leads us to this little fun blast from earlier this week. Apparently M&M is 
aware that they've had some diversity issues in their cast <laughs> of M&Ms who should have never. I've always hated these M&M characters. Like, do you remember the tan M&Ms? No, I don't know if we ever had that. We like, I don't know if we have the same. I always wonder if our chocolate is, is the same, like if my M&Ms are the same as your M&Ms. Uh, almost certainly not. Like you guys have way better chocolate, but our, okay, so there used to be before the blue, there was a, a tan M&M and it was like, you know, all the colors minus blue plus tan. And then they did a contest. It was like a nationwide contest to vote on the new color of M&M. And I had a re- realization recently. I remember being at the library, finding out what they picked for the new M&M, it being blue. And I was so angry. I was like a child at the <laughs> library. So it was supposed to be blue, pink, or uh, blue, pink, or purple. And I don't know what I wanted, but I just know the tan M&M had always been my favorite. I just had like an attachment to it. And I was like, well, why does this need to change? This was me. This was me like being like the way that like bigots are about like, oh, everything's changing. Like that was my thing is I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, why are you changing M&Ms? It's perfect. Like we don't have to change everything. And then they started to make them like, you know, they started making them persona like personified is that the right word yeah yeah anthropomorphic from i don't know what's the word yeah they're anthropomorphizing them i can never say that word Mm -hmm. so there's like the yellow one who we know is a dum-dum and they're the the yellow and the red are bert and ernie i hate the red one because of that advert where he fucks that guy's wife uh i don't know if we got that in america (laughs) I send it to you. Yeah, we'll we'll have Jean Marie include uh, the audio if it's like audio worthy. I have to I have to know what I have to look for. Red M M&M and M affair. <laughs> okay, I've got it. I've got it. Uh, this was very triggering to me. This advert because I was like, I know what you're trying to do, and I don't care for it. Well, I will say I I do think it's like important to watch commercials. what it looks like you were gonna eat him without me weren't you now the biting makes sense scott's home early okay so yeah the yellow m&m's a watcher he's that's david dobrik (laughs) he's in the closet (laughs) but yeah i mean okay so what's funny is is that like you know the red M&M can't fuck. It's definitely the yellow peanut M&M because he has like a much more chill attitude. Like he's not so worried because he has a big dick and he feels comfortable with it. Yeah, I hate I hate that they made me think about it. I hate that they made me think about the logistics of it and imagine it. I hate that they did that to me. And then like the green M&M came out and she's kind of like a horny little like green green with envy type one she goes to euphoria high school she's like a slutty yeah. man yeah and then i from what i understand the blue one is like a hybrid of bill clinton and a california raisin who <laughs> i am dating the california raisins if anyone's curious do you know california raisins as in the the things that you eat 
No, like the band, the California Raisins. Oh, oh, there's a band called the California Raisins. There was a in the '80s. There was an ad campaign to get raisins out there. You know the way like Got Milk existed, uh-huh. and they invented a like claymation band called the California Raisins who sang Motown. What? That's in, that's amazing. And they and it was like one of those things. It was like a Spuds McKenzie type thing where like the mascots. I mean, I guess M and M's too because there's like M and M's world, which is like mental. By the way, get a life. That's actually sick. Like M M&M and M adults are just a different shade of Disney adults. But like mm. the way that like Looney Tunes has something sort of like spooky to it. Like that's how I feel about. It. Like, what do you mean you have a an attachment to? M and M's, and the like, the law and the M and M extended universe and the M and M industrial complex. Yeah, I'm gonna send you the California raisins, the Wikipedia. I I'm obsessed with the Cali raisins. I wanted I'm it to be my them. first lunchbox, but it didn't come with a thermos, so my nana didn't let me get it. They're so they're so cool. They've got something about them, right? They were very cutting edge and timelessly sexy. And then we have like the orange who is the crispy M&M. That's an M&M crispy. And he is, he's going to acknowledge his anxiety. I think that was like the word that the phrase that went kind of crazy viral. It's the one that we're linking to anyway. And then the brown M&M has now shortened to heel. And that's her look. Tucker Carlson went off about the M&M's. I am a single issue voter and my issue, keep the green M&M a hot, sexy lady, a Twitter user wrote. <laughs> Re-yassify the M&Ms immediately. Okay, this is Tucker Carlson. See, this is like, it's it's kind of a Ben Shapiro cell phone. I don't know. Like, I kind of, I, I do love, I think I do love Ben Shapiro in an alter, alternate universe because he's so impossible. <laughs> but... Tucker Carlson has this like very like clueless father of daughters type attitude that's like makes him delightful in a different way. Okay, here's the clip of him bitching about this. The other big change is that the brown M&M has, quote, transitioned from high stilettos to lower block heels. Also less sexy. That's progress. M&Ms will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous. Until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. That's the goal. When you're totally turned off, we've achieved equity. They've won. I mean, like, do you think he's being serious? I am genuinely fascinated to know if people like Tucker Carlson and to another extent, I guess, Piers Morgan and like these sort of like outrage, like rent a troll kind of people whose job it is to be continually outraged about the wokeness of society like how much of a fuck they truly give and how much they I guess (laughs) yeah it does it has that like shock jock sort of morning radio quality to it where it's like they know that their job is to for better or worse get people riled up first thing in the morning like Maddie in the morning was like the Boston AM drive DJ And he just is, you know, he was, he like walked off the air earlier, I think last year, because he said something that was questionable and he like got into a fight and walked off the air. And I, I do remember once when I was a kid that happened and I was like, he, 
Maddie in the morning is like going to leave the radio forever. Like what's my life going to be about now? Cause it was like something, you know, when you're in high school, that's the type of shit you look forward to, especially mm. when we were growing up. So I, I think like in a way it's like this, he does have to probably pull things out of his ass. I know that like, I, I know that I've made bigger deals out of things for the, just the sake of kind of like poking fun at it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes being fun is really, being outraged is really fun sometimes. Oh yeah. No, it's a blast. It's a, it's being outraged is a blast. And I love seeing it from other people, especially when like, it's like, you know, a lot of us out here, we just need to have a little two, three minute tantrum. And then it's mm-hmm. like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I expressed it. I'm fine. So, but I don't think Tucker's like that. I mean, he's obviously a harmful person, so I don't know. But did you ever see the interview he did with? What was it even an interview where Rose McGowan went on to talk about Free Britney and like Tucker clearly hadn't been briefed about it, and so like it's just this. It's like a very strange piece of television where Rose McGowan is talking about like liberal Hollywood elites and Free Britney, and Tucker's like trying so hard to give a fuck, but clearly doesn't know. <laughs> anything about the story and so it's 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 totally bizarre and she's like I know Tucker I have an open mind too (laughs) it's so like it's very strange well I know well that just like goes to show like how much like he he really only takes in what he needs to to be able to sell his point because someone like Rose McGowan is exactly the type of person that he would have been shit talking at one point totally so like, I don't know. I, I have to say I do have to bless her, Rose McGowan's delusion a little bit to think that like Tucker Carlson's been following her, or giving a shit about what she said. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if he even really knew kind of who she was and why she was talking about Britney and why she kind of phoned into the show and was doing a kind of remote interview where she talks about, yeah, the liberal Hollywood elite. <laughs> It was just like, I know. Okay. It was was such a weird little world. It was just weird. It was really odd. I know it's, it's tough because like, I, I feel I support Rose McGowan because she's been through something terrible at the Mm -hmm. same time. It's a little, it's, it's dark when you see someone flip and she doesn't have the thing that like a Gavin McGinnis or someone would have where it's like, she didn't have like a lot of like liberal cachet, burn it down. And then now she's going hard alt right. She's just sort of like tequila, tequila ing, but like on a very light level. It's a yes. shade of a light shade of tequila, tequila, where it's like, okay, I'm turning my back on that, you know, political spectrum because they weren't listening to me. And now I'm going to just start leaning into this, but never fully do it. I don't know. It's just. God bless. You know, I'm praying for everyone. <laughs> okay, wait. Are Tana. you praying for Tana? Always. Oh, yeah, always. Every I night. know, that's someone I could fix. Now, Tana, I could fix. Honey, call me. You do need – this girl was never mothered, okay? Mm-hmm. So Tana Mojo is an influencer. We've talked about her before. I mentioned her during the Astro World episode in relation to TanaCon. If you guys don't know what TanaCon is – read a book. It's like, it's an iconic event and it was an, it was an iconic event. So Tim Dillon is, 
I truthfully don't know a lot about him. He's like, I think he's like a Joe Rogan-esque comedian. Like he's in that world. And from what I understand, he's gay. And he comes, like, he comes across like a straight guy that really hates women. But I, I apparently he's like a gay man. I don't know. Hmm. And he's very opinionated and likes to, I think, dabble in, I presumably joke, jokingly, some of the more like, QAnon adjacent conspiracies but he's like in with a lot of these young internet kids he's wearing a Nelk Boys sweatshirt in this interview but he went on Tana Mojo's podcast and Tana is she's just that Hollywood girl she's been like she wanted to be that and she became it and she's sort of like a this is a not a accurate thing but she is a the way that Rose McGowan is a light shade of Tila Tequila. She is a light shade of Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Like not the pedigree, not the discretion in some ways, but she's kind of a modern day socialite. So she gave a little blind item. Um, let's listen to it. I was in an alley club the other night and one of the more famous uh, parents in this space, I won't say who they were, Dude. I saw them doing a bunch of I know who it is. They, yeah. And they're, they're the parent of this. Fun like, guy, though. Can we be honest? Super. Fun guy. <laughs> At Listen, least. if you have a daughter or son, and they're making tens of millions of dollars jumping on a trampoline, you <sighs> are supposed to go out to L.A. and shove grout in your face. <laughs> Please tell me that that guy's not using cocaine. <laughs> what, Tim Dillon? Yeah. Oh. I mean, someone who someone who uses the word kraut has clearly used cocaine in the past. He has a familiarity with some of the lexicon, but maybe he's a former cocaine user. I get the vibe that he's like, I think he's only like 28, but... Oh, shit. Maybe even younger. But he's like, you know, I mean, I'm just saying like he could die in a, in a different way than like someone like, you know... A, a different person would die if they did cocaine. Like, I feel oh. like he could die. Well, he's apparently, according to his Wikipedia, he's 37. Oh, he's 37? Oh, yeah. Your days are numbered, honey. Why is he at a club with like, okay, listen. So, <laughs> so basically, did we talk about, we talked about it on text a little bit, but everyone's wondering who this big TikTok influencer's father is. But then there's a lot of people in the comments who know exactly who it is. And I think you and I drew the same conclusion pretty immediately. Did, did we talk about the fact that like Addison Ray's parents unfollowed each other on Instagram? No, we did not. Okay. So like I saw that going around probably like a, like a month ago that Sherry Addison's mom and her father unfollowed one another on Instagram, which I thought, or blocked each other on Instagram because they're no longer tagged. They're not following each other. And I was very confused by it because truthfully, like as, as an adult, like I don't, I'm not on Instagram in that way where like, I can't avoid anyone that I don't want to see. There's like muting is a great option, but like when the Adult, like these adult parents of a public figure who have the type of fans that immediately check all of your followers and like see if you're unfollowing someone. These are like the demo of people who have their followers searched all the time. And so I don't, I didn't understand like why they would be so public about it. Just simply use your Finsta 
and unfollow mm-hmm. or like maybe mute or whatever. But it's like kind of a big deal for like a huge social media star whose entire family is sort of cashing in on it to block each other. Yeah, for sure. Exactly that. Knowing as well that like people, the the unfollowing and unblocking is like of anyone, anyone famous is always a story because it's like a thing has happened and you can infer always that something's happened. It's never a casual unfollowing. It's always intentional. Exactly. And there was a like a Hollywood fix video or something of him outside of a club, like wasted and like running up to Tana and being like, hey, Tana, you're fucking hot. And Tana being like, come here, like, like trying to like get him away from the cameras because, you know, we're team Bryce on God. Like she knew like you could, you know, you don't want to be like waste in front of the paparazzi like that. Mm. So yeah, like I think, I mean, I think everyone thinks it's Addison Ray's dad, which is scary because like, that's a sad thing. They have younger kids, mm. like a family is, this comes back to the thing we talk about a lot here. People are like not prepared for, no one's prepared for this kind of attention. mm And especially when you're not the person who like, or when you're the person who originally like got the attention, when the people around you start looking bad in a way that like your followers are going to see it and it feels like they have something on you and it's like something you can't control. I'm a, I'm a controlling person. I don't know if you guys (laughs) picked up on that. I think I should be in charge. I would feel really out of control if my dad who built a platform off of me was having Tana Mojo and Tim Dillon gossiping about me or my father on their podcast. Mm-hmm. Should we pray for them? Yeah. I mean, it's giving Dina and Michael. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I always find it kind of sad and a little bit gross. It's like the the Greg Paul of it all sometimes uh, when the sort of the families get involved um, and get their own slice of clout, which is like, I mean, I get it because there's huge amounts of money flying around. And why wouldn't you want to kind of cash in for this for this kind of limited period where there's, where there's interest? But at the same time, when your children are the main story and then you become the story, like, I don't know if you can really be objective and present for your children if you're like part of the drama. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't. I mean, no, you can't. Like, obviously, this is a like a case of someone getting like peripheral fame. There's already something that's not at ease inside of them and they have all this access and maybe they are like a, you know, a really vicey person. Like this is, I, this is just why I don't, I don't recommend, I don't recommend this, that life to anyone. I would never tell, I would never suggest anyone chase that life. No. And even if you're not a vicey person, the amount of opportunity there is for, rat behavior around you would make it really, really difficult to be able to swim through that without partaking in something that could be used later down the line to cancel you or end you, ruin you, whatever. 
And there's like going to be a lot of people. And I know that, I mean, this is, it's just very true that this is how a lot of people feel. And it's not to say that this isn't like an in crazy level of privilege or anything like that. It is all of those things. But I don't think anyone would actually like envy that life in reality. Like, you know, it is crazy to be a Southern college student. And next thing you know, you're hanging out with the Kardashians and they're asking you to be on their reality show to like introduce a younger audience. Mm. that's like, that's nuts. That's nuts. But it's, I don't, I don't think there's anything like, I really don't. I don't think the comfort that it buys you is worth it. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. I feel bad. I feel bad, dude. I mean, listen, there's things I feel worse about. Certainly not West Elm Caleb, but (laughs) we do feel bad for him too. Seamless transition there. Thank you. So, okay. Tell me your did you see the original video? I can't find it. I couldn't find it to play on this episode, but no, no, I, I, um, I didn't see the original. I think all I saw was people talking about the, the, the incident for want of a better word. So like by the time I kind of came to this, I was, I was watching objectively people talking about the story as opposed to following the story in real time. Like it was always like, Hi, you guys. Bunch of people are really mad about West Ham Caleb, and I'm going to tell you why. Like, that's when I came to it. I was like, oh, I know my TikTok. boy Noah Glenn Carter was probably like, you guys have probably heard about Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so can I tell you how terrible I am? Tell me. This is, I'm just going to admit it and, you know, know this about me and also know that, you know, I'm not this harsh, but this was my first thought. I literally thought this was just a guy that was like selling furniture. I didn't realize that he's a West Elm furniture designer. Mm. I just thought he was a guy who worked at West Elm. And I said to someone that like, personally, I was like, why are all these people trying to fuck a guy that works at a furniture store? (laughs) Like that would be like a non, I know that's awful, but like if I was on Tinder and I was swiping and I saw a guy that was like sales manager at living spaces, like I'd be like, um, I don't know if we're gonna have a lot in common. And even if he was like so hot or whatever, I would just be like, I just don't know if I'm, da- I just don't know if I have a future with a furniture salesman whom, and then of course this, this thought who moves to New York to be a furniture salesman. Like that's what I was, that's where I am. And I know that that's terrible, but I'll admit it because I'm sure someone else is thinking it. Caleb is like, I guess he's a furniture designer. I'm not exactly sure on his age, but Like basically what happened was he's this guy that was like matching with a bunch of different girls on hinge going on dates with them. And at one point he swiped on this TikToker, Kate Glavin, who if I'm, I don't know if I'm correct, but I think I originally saw her because she started to do some sort of series where she was going to start going on as many dates as possible in New York. Interesting. I thought that's what Caleb was doing. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> and, uh, truly. No, honestly, that's the truth. There's some, there's some, there's some things that Caleb did that were not great. No. But for the most part, this is like, this is what I think people want to think about Couch Guy. Like, this is what happened to Caleb, minus parts, is like what I think some people are seeing when they see Couch Guy. I do not feel this way about Couch Guy. Well, like, when he wrote the op-ed, I think that was like, he was kind of 
done for me because that was oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's yeah. what made me that's no you're right I definitely come from a place of hate because of that but so like he was matching with all these girls and he sort of had like a, you know a signature move he was like look says he was looking for love he would you know take them out sleep with them tell them that he just wants to talk to them and that he's deleting his dating apps and in a few cases, he's well, he sent a bunch of girls the same Spotify playlist. And that's something that they all sort of were like laughing about when they realized that there was, you know, I mean, Caleb has a prolific dick. <laughs> and they, I guess also a few of them he had sent unsolicited nudes to. And that's the main thing that I'm going to be like, Caleb. Yeah, you can't. Well, it's do fucked that. up. It's fucked up to tell people that like you you're de- like deleting your dating apps and you're not going to see anyone else. That's really fucked up to do because it's like setting them up to pull themselves off the market. Yeah. And giving false hope, which I just think like, you know, destroying hope is not a cool thing ever. You know, don't give it if you can't allow it to like dance in the person's mind for a minute. But like the the dick pics is a huge issue for me. Yes. It's not okay to flash somebody your genitals either digitally or in the real world without getting uh, consent first. And that goes both ways. Like there, I know plenty of guys that if they got like a random nude from a girl that they were just starting to talk to as much as there's this sort of like, like no guy would ever reject my nude or whatever. Like you just don't, it's like, you know, when I was hosting Please Advise, we had a game called Do You fear that and it's like random like randomly encountering a naked adult and some people like I'm someone I fear that like I don't want to just see someone naked randomly it makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. if I'm going to a museum I know I'm probably going to see a couple nakeds in places where I wasn't expecting them you know <laughs> in terms of the <laughs> statues or like the stuff and then the statues and like yeah. the art. Like sometimes yeah. it's like, okay, I think I'm going to go look at this like, you know, certain type of exhibit. And then sometimes it's like, okay, that's like a fully nude person. But that's, an, I mean, it's, and then of course, if you're like going to a bathhouse, then like you have no reason to complain. <laughs> but I don't think that like simply being on a dating app means that you're electing to like potentially have nudes sent to you. But Kate made a video saying that like, she's not talking to that guy she was talking to the furniture guy I think she just called him like furniture guy or something and a couple people thought that what she said sound sounded familiar because she had said that she woke up at his place on a Saturday morning and then another girl reached out and said that she had been with him that Saturday night after of course he'd said he deleted his dating app so I mean listen my boy's pulling two a days you know and that's I feel fine. Like, I feel like when I was, when I was younger, I mean, I, you know, I definitely wasn't like sleeping with everyone, but like I had a lot of people asking me out and I would just go because one, mm-hmm. I was poor and like a lot of times they would buy my drinks and feed me. But two, like, I'm just like a little bit of like, a, like a, like a freak and that I'll speak to anyone. And I think it is fun. And I, you never know, like life is fun and mysterious and all those great things when you're that age. And if you happen to be, you know, smooching, getting laid, I'm an amorous person. I love being amorous. Okay. Like that's, I feel like that's what he's doing, but it turned into this thing where all of these girls were like, you know, they started, his face went wide. 
details of his life started to go wide and it started it started to like maybe become a little bit of like a like a mini me too mm. and i understand like listen if this man was the hipster grifter and like giving everyone herpes and like was just like a serial toxic drainer of energy and people and resources that would be one thing but Caleb's just sort of like a do you know what it reminds me of do you remember okay so do you remember when with like me too with when that disease and sorry essay came out Mm -hmm. I was very like upset for that girl because I know like what that type of guy is like and I thought the piece was written in a way that didn't service her but I felt like in light of everything else that was being brought up at the time, it was maybe, it maybe wasn't, it maybe wasn't the right collection to put him in. I wouldn't put Aziz, I wouldn't put that story in that playlist, so to speak. And so I kind of like see this and I'm like, guys, there's people like finding out about secret families and like all this stuff. Like you're in your twenties, you're matching with people on a dating site like his behavior was completely inappropriate. That should be shunned with the dick pics. But like, this is not what, this is not what the, this is not what people like have, have fought to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I think I totally agree. There's a lot of Caleb's behavior that's like deeply inappropriate. And I I hate to be that guy, but like, I mean, was it the first time these women have ever, I mean, I haven't dated for a long time. Uh, I've been married for, for quite a while. So I haven't been, I haven't dated in, in such a long time and haven't been on a dating app for such a long time. But I can tell you that when I was, like this behavior does, did not read as particularly atypical to me. Um, in fact, it felt very, it felt very pedestrian in a sense, like, getting unsolicited pictures. Yeah. Like (laughs) people, people kind of ghosting you. Yeah, that's fine. Like, and I'm not saying that that's okay. It's just that I find it odd that someone like Caleb has been singled out when really they're dismantling one man instead of dismantling the entirety of the patriarchy, which seems to me the bigger problem, like the toxicity and disposability of like dating in the digital age is the issue. And this man has basically become the figurehead for that. Like I met a lot of fuck boys in my time. Right. And this is kind of what they do. And I don't know if it's fair to only single out one man for this. You know, yeah. I think that it's incredibly important if you, to, announce your intentions like you're probably still going to get laid if you say like hey I'm just you know let's see how let's see how it goes like even that's a little vague for me like someone who's just like I don't I'm not really looking for anything I think you're great I think you're hot let's bang that's that's like you know I would have probably been able to say if that when I was that age I would have said I don't think so like I don't want to sleep with you because like I like you and I don't mm-hmm. want to do that, right? Mm-hmm. If like, you know, this isn't going to be something that we can pursue, I don't want to like open myself up to that vulnerability. But like, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's interesting too, because I was going through, yesterday I was getting my hair done after, and I was so stoned. I was so stoned. I like took two edibles to like get over that hangover. And I was just like kind of stoned and freaking out the whole time I was getting my hair done. And I was reading every single West Elm Caleb post I could find on Reddit. And it's so different. The, you know, POVs are so different from the Red Scare pod Reddit to, you know, female dating strategy. Like a lot of people are saying like, you know, Caleb's doing the classic thing. He's like an eight, you know, fucking, fucking sixes. He's like shooting fish in a barrel. Like that was like the Red Scare podcast (laughs) version of it. And like, I haven't seen a picture of him yet. I didn't see his picture. Someone said that he had like sort of a, like a rodent face. I don't know what the, I don't know if that's true. And I think it's mean, but also I'm not attracted to that because I do know what that means, but I don't know what if it's true to Caleb. But, like, that's the kind of thing where I'm also like, is he that hot? But then the guys who say stuff like that in eight fucking sixes just shooting fish in a barrel, that guy's not – that guy is like a four, whoever wrote that. Yes. Yeah, that's gross. I just sent you a picture of Caleb. I don't know if you want to see him. <laughs> yeah, let me see. I mean, listen, I don't want to call him, like, ugly, but he looks like Brian Laundry. Uh, huh. I don't know. I'm trying to make it like big, but I'm old. Um, he's only 25. He's wow. designing at West Elm at 25. Okay, like you know what? Go off, Caleb. <laughs> Go off. I mean, listen, he's cute. He kind of, but he's not like I wouldn't. You know what? He's the exact perfect guy. This is why. This is why. It's because he's like approachably hot. Yeah, he's, and if he's he was really hot, yeah, people. If he was really, really hot, people would be like, "Well, what did you think?" Like, obviously, this guy's like getting it in and moving forward. But this is someone that, like, you would think, "Oh, yeah, like maybe this guy will date me." He's not an eight. This Red Scare podcast guy. I mean, maybe he is an eight. I don't know. Yeah. Am I dating Caleb? But- <laughs> Female dating strategy had like a totally different approach to this whole thing. And there was a couple, there was a couple things I read that was like, that were really inspired. And this is, what, do you have thoughts on female dating strategy? Not really. It's like, I think some people say it's like, I don't know. They say it's like, you know, mentally ill women coming together to figure out how to manipulate people. Ah. But... Like there are some things that are for girls only and like you sort of take what applies to you. Like I don't think anyone – I'll just say for myself, I could read stories about being, you know, empowered and how to treat people and do whatever all day, but I could only apply maybe 2% of it to my life and behavior. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm still me. Like I'm still – yeah, exactly. So it's like I think there's a lot of like a little fanfic. I feel like this is also a little bit – it's written very like aspirationally and motivationally and that much like any advice you give and get from friends, it's something that you you yourself will probably have to hear in the near future at some point. So someone wrote, this is why the patriarchy hates when we quote gossip because historically it was one of the only ways to protect ourselves against shitty men, literally life or death. The only move we had as a sex class. Historically and now, gossiping has been villainized, belittled, and women are shamed for talking to each other. Ladies, don't fall for it. 
Gossiping about shitty men saves lives. This is also why I maintain again and again that meeting men in real life through activities where you are where you both attend regularly and know each other's social circles is the way to go. They can't pull this shit with everyone watching. I mean, perv stash ratatouille over there waved red flags front, left, and center. This bullshit would have never worked on an FDSer, but the nature of old enabled him. Also, I'd like to count this as another solid point in favor for hypergamy. Hypergamy. Don't date ugly, poor scrouts. There isn't enough clown makeup in the world to carry you through if slash when shit goes down. If you're going to chance wasting your time, at least make sure he's hot, rich, and his grimy ass hands don't get to touch you. You sit there and eat your free dinners and watch him open doors and pull out chairs and treat you like a lady. And the second he acts up, you ghost. And he can, and he can fucking clown his way through spending a hundred dollars a night on his dumbass dates, waiting for sex that'll never happen because he's a moron and deserves to be treated as such. That's how you win. Who and wrote then, this? HRH collection? No, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. No, actually, because I don't even think I feel like HRH collections. Like, oh my god! By the way, the HRH collection comparisons on TikTok are out of control. I have to figure out who's older because I want to be like, we can independently exist, okay? So someone replies to this, this is why I strongly warn against private men. Some of the slimiest, most toxic, covert narcissists will frame themselves as intellectual, emotional, unsuspecting men. Oh, I'm not all over social media. I'm not a narcissist. Oh, I hate modern dating. So stressful. Social media is so vapid. Women think, oh, great. He's a low-key person, unlikely to cheat and pay more attention to me. Oh, he's not that attractive or wealthy, kind of moderate, probably doesn't get much action, a safe option. Think again. That's what all of his victims were thinking. Men, men with a lot to hide do just that. They go to extreme lengths to hide any trace by not having anything about himself online. I can't verify facts or scoop him out. He can lie about his – scope him out. I think it's supposed to say, but scoop him out. <laughs> he can, do you, are you reading this post with me? No, I'm just enjoying you reading it. <laughs> it's written like a poem. She wrote it like a poem. It's broken up like in fragments of lines. He can lie about his job. You'll never know who his exes are. And his side chicks will never know about you because there's no trace of you together online. That's what men with dirty pasts do. Men with criminal pasts who've changed names and moved around a lot, especially. Very paranoid about social media and tech. Very flinchy with their phone and laptop. No local ties to the area. Loners. Keep their victims out of the way, away from each other, so they never talk. Love bomb them and isolate them. Except he does. He has every single dating app and social media forum known to man. He may have fake accounts where he posts on misogynist forums. He may be an extremist, have a dirty past, or people after him, which is why he keeps his reputation a secret. He just hides them from view and pretends he doesn't. The worst serial cheats are like this, especially those with jobs that require travel. So don't see it as an immediate green flag if he's low-key on social media, especially if you meet them on an app. So much Mm. truth. So much truth, (laughs) so much imbalance. Okay, go off. (laughs) So a few things come to mind. One, I've seen this take about the gossip, about how women gossip and it's our way of kind of protecting ourselves and I think it's a totally valid one and I totally agree that 
we should be able to we should be able to discuss with each other what things what dangers may be posed to us I totally agree with that totally like 100% and I also like I want to say as well just in case it's like for someone calls me a fucking pick me for being it's like for being rational in this (laughs) that as much as it pains me to to not pile on to like a, a white cisgendered fuckboy on the internet because you know it really does because that's my favorite game like yeah <laughs> the, the idea of um again like making one man a figurehead for what is a systemic problem is is bothersome to me like it really is and I think it does concern me the level of like glee in the takedown of a single human being what I, and what I think is like misspent rage because I think the rage is really valid but it's not productive rage like a single furniture designer losing his job and you know Did he lose his job I think he probably I mean I think it would be very difficult for him to for West Elm to <laughs> continue given that like you know other brands are jumping on the kind of West End Caleb thing on Twitter and it's like shut the fuck up like no one cares what you have to say mayonnaise Hellman's. oh my god bro it's just Hellman's <laughs> mayonnaise. I know I know well wait okay I didn't even th- so I you know I want you to continue I just want to ask like because I don't know who designs what pieces at West Elm like I kind of think in some ways like they just made him like a niche micro celebrity because like I think a lot I think it is almost a more popular opinion that he didn't really do anything wrong. I feel like Caleb's going to be pulling more ass than ever. And I don't (laughs) think any of his professional acquaintances are going to think he can design a dresser less well because he, you know, piped down a bunch of 23 year olds in Brooklyn yeah although I do wonder about like the social media accounts of like West Elm getting getting flooded and inundated or people sending letters saying this man is like a predator he's sending unsolicited pictures and it's like yeah that's a that's totally fucked up but like it doesn't have a direct relation to his livelihood like if he was a teacher sending dick pics then I'm like to whom (laughs) and let's let's maybe have a discussion about that person in a position of power yeah like using and abusing their position of power but like I mean it doesn't his his dating multiple people doesn't affect his ability as you said to like make a dresser or like design some like cute little feet for the bottom of a couch like it, it has no bearing the two things can be separate entities and I think there is this there's this thing that like we collectively love to um, love to put someone in the town square in stocks and throw tomatoes at them and rotten fruit and breathe a sigh of relief that we're not the ones in the stocks that day. And I think that's where some of that glee comes from is like the relief of like, oh, fuck, thank God it's not me. So I can enjoy the misery of someone else. And I I, I remember listening to the Dan Carling podcast which I mean the episodes are about eight hours long and they're like deep historical shit but he did a series on crime and punishment and a lot of that has always really stuck with me because as a society we've always done this like we love to go to a public execution and like what is it in us that enjoys that because for me that's like oh it's it's like a terrifying side of humanity that like it went beyond some women sharing war stories and gossiping and kind of minding you know, 
telling other women to watch out you know it's like telling you where the potholes are in the road like totally valid and it just turned into I guess his head on a spike it just feels a little fucked up to me well so there's like a bigger I mean there's so like yes everything you said is true like I'm 100 I'm with you 100% and this is not the first I think that some of the comparisons to in in the BuzzFeed article we have linked in the description I believe she I mean, it's this classic thing where it's like, so you've been publicly shamed by John Ronson is the new blank. Like, I'm trying to think of it, but it's sort of like the go-to, like, $5 bin, like, reference to someone who had something happen to them publicly that was embarrassing. And so I, she references that. And, you know, I don't think that that woman, Justine, who everyone always talks about in relation to this, if you know what I'm talking about, go read the article. Justine Seiko, I think. She, like, tweeted something about how the AIDS epidemic in Africa when she was on a plane on, on her way to Africa. I think it was, like, going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS, LOL, or something. Right. Which is horrendous. And But was also, like, the type of joke that, let's be real, coming from a different, like, coming from a certain comedian or a certain Twitter personality, like, back in the day – that would have been a tweet that killed it. But she's just this like publicist. No one knows her. And I'm, and that's not to say that it was a great, that's it's a terrible joke and shouldn't have been said. But like that was a, that was, you know, that was Twitter at the time. Right. And so mm-hmm. she gets off this flight in Africa and realizes that like she's been fired from her job. She is like everywhere. She is everywhere like the news like she's being she's trending worldwide and she's like a publicist like she maybe had probably like you know four thousand followers or something like that at the time I think this is a little different because it's like it's a erasure of like the actual inappropriate stuff he did in fact like someone in the comments on this BuzzFeed thing pointed out that it's like called cyber flashing this is from your country Mm. when you send someone a nude unsolicited that's considered a like a form of assault essentially yeah and that is why i i think like again we cannot forgive caleb for that because i think that that's like not that it's my is it my place to forgive him as a white woman i'd say this is one of the few times i do have a place to forgive him (laughs) caleb i forgive you for being a whore we love it we do we love a good slut what i will say a healthy slut by the way former new york resident moles Pete Davidson's New York. By the way, none of you are. Allowed. I'm done. Stop, Stop doing it. the joke. Stop I doing keep the joke. About it. Stop it. Do not. Do not talk about Pete Davidson. It's a clam. Okay. If you don't know what that means, look it up. It's fucking like it's. It, you look. I think cringe as a concept is an embarrassing concept to like live in a place of like being easy to cringe. But I do think that if you write Pete Davidson in a joke, it better be the best fucking joke you've ever written in your life. <laughs> it's done. It's done. You ruined it. It's like you now you sound now you sound like someone who like just got a cell phone last week. Okay? You sound dumb. Okay? Don't do it. So, one of the, like, you know, we get that we get that little like comment about the cyber flashing, but my my point in saying my point in saying that is that we've seen this before. I'm old enough to remember, in addition to the Me Too movement, which is like should not have been. <laughs> Listen, like there, 
this is not the reason. Like, I do feel, I feel like it's symptomatic. I feel like people saw people who had never been able to speak about the abuse that they were facing in the workplace in the, their various like high profile industries, women in those spaces and men, but they like at some point down the line, it just like, it turned into this thing where it's like, this isn't dirty John. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you can't complain about everything, but back in 2013, there was this app called Lulu and I don't know that it was around for very long. But I remember that like the three weeks that within like Lulu's launch, it was a big deal here in LA because it was basically a way to report men that you had dated. It's like, um, it was like Yelp for men. Like if you'd matched with a guy on a dating app and you wanted to see if he was a good guy, you could cross check his name on this app. You could make a profile for certain guys and be like, yeah, this guy, he was like, terrible to me when we dated him super emotionally abusive or like this guy's really great or whatever but like for the most part I mean just exactly like Yelp like (laughs) you have to be on some you have to be somewhere on the like I really hate or I really love spectrum to to review someone to begin with like no one's ever like good guy go on a date good guy you know (laughs) and so Lulu was like a big deal and I feel like that was very much like it is true. Like if there was a, a website or an app where men could log on and be like, you know, good blow job, terrible conversation. Like, I mean, it would just be like, that's a nightmare. Yeah. Although technically there is something, there is a place that is truly awful on the internet, which is called UK punting, which is where men review sex workers. And it is truly the most disgusting place on the internet. It's horrendous. If you want to see like the dark heart of <laughs> of, of men's minds, uh, that's the place to go. I used to have a link for the Los Angeles version of that. And it was always a good, I mean, you know, I like to keep myself grounded. I love to read some really like toxic misogynistic language from yeah. time to time and like see what they're up to. Because it just like keeps me, it keeps me grounded in a way where I don't feel like I'm on, you know, this bizarre part of Twitter that's lying about what life is like. Because mm-hmm. I, I do feel like you can sometimes get to that place. But that keeps me, I feel like sometimes reading some like disgusting, misogynistic, just, you know, bottom of the barrel who aren't even technically bottom of the barrel individuals being terrible about people online. That's, I feel that's healthy for me. I've got a question re all of this and it's kind of occurring to me. So bear with if this is a little jumbled, but when you're reading that Reddit post, uh, from the (laughs) female female data strategy, strategy, that's the one. It made me think in particular, the sort of stuff around not, uh, not giving very much of yourself and like, you know, having your, whatever it was. And it made me think about like how we as women, I mean, True crime has always been a huge draw for women because we are fascinated by learning about things that have happened to other women. And I think on some unconscious level, it's because we want to maybe avoid that happening to us. And so we're like, okay, well, tell me everything that's happened and I just won't do any of it. The irony, of course, being that like most of the time, horrible stuff happens to really good people and there's really nothing that can be done to stop it. It's totally random. That coupled with like the pandemic where people are 
less connected in a physical space than ever before I feel is like the perfect storm for something like West Elm Caleb because we are naturally more suspicious of each other than we ever have been and I wonder about labeling behavior like labeling all behavior as like something that's toxic and from a TikTok therapist when they tell you about love bombing is a symptom of that and I don't know do you know what I'm trying to say I don't know what I'm trying to say but I know I know what you're trying to say I mean listen here's my thing right I feel comfortable saying this whether it's wise or not like I have been sexually assaulted I've been, you know, I mean, I've had like, you know, the the worst, like I've been, I've had my place broken into when I was sleeping. I have had a stalker. I have been, I have every reason to be afraid of men. I don't let men in my house anymore, like at all. Like I truthfully am looking for like a female run. If anyone has any recommendations, I'm looking for like a female run home repair place. Like I don't want to deal with men mm. in my house because it makes me feel unsafe and I realize that like I wind up neglecting areas of my life to the point where it's like winds up being more expensive and terrible because I don't like to have men in my space. At the same time, I would never delude myself into thinking that like I'm someone cares about me enough to murder me. <laughs> it's like a big deal to murder someone. It is a big deal. Yeah. And I know that – is that, like, crazy to say? But I just feel like people who are, like, sometimes overly afraid of murder, like, I like I like watching SVU because I know that that stuff is possible and that it could happen to me. But I'm never going to, like, be like, oh, my God, someone's going to murder – like, I, it's like the trafficking thing. It's like – Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm too old to be trafficked, but, like, I just don't think I'm really what they're looking for. And I think that, like, I'm a pain in the ass. Like, I feel like that's definitely a thing. Like, I just don't feel like I'm about to get trafficked. And sometimes I feel like there's a lot of, like, inappropriate energy around, I don't know, like, the presumption that someone's going to, like, why would someone do that to you? Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. someone who's had terrible things happen to me. I just don't think I'm that special. Yeah, I always wonder though, when you see those videos of like, you know, people doing like people being overly kind and they're always, that's that whole TikTok thing where it's like, oh, could you lend me a dollar? And then the person gives a dollar after they've been rejected those times. And they're like, oh, by the way, here's 500 bucks for like being nice. Oh, I and know I'm the like, guy you're talking about. And I have a, that guy. Wait, yeah. <laughs> you know the guy I'm talking about. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that guy, he is definitely like a born again Christian. And he, like all those people are through church. He's 100% a born again Christian. Yeah, I feel it. But I, I want, like, when I watch those things, I'm like, this would never happen in the real world because we are so cautious generally that the idea, like the idea of going up and hugging a blindfolded stranger, I'm just like, are you like, are you insane? But then I, I also recognize that I have a certain level of paranoia, but I don't know. I'm going around, I'm going around the houses, but See, I would, I would hug a stranger, not maybe not in the during pandemic. a pandemic, <laughs> not, during the pan not during the pandemic, but yeah. I'm, I am earnest. I'm overly earnest. I mean, same. My mom had to let me know in a rough way. It's like, yeah, I'm earnest, and I actually feel like the more embarrassed about that I am, the more like, yeah, it's just I'm not going to enjoy my life. 
Mm. It's okay to be earnest. But no, when it comes to certain things, like it's just, and it's the best that you can. It's the way that I don't know that these female dating strategy people are like really out there slaying it. But like you gotta, you know, I mean, especially with men, people you don't know. One of my biggest regrets recently was that like, Right when Omicron was starting to spike in Los Angeles, this guy like showed up to my house and asked me to sign a petition. Mm. And he was like a like, you know, he was like a twink sort of that had Jonathan Chevin's face. <laughs> and he was like, hi. And I like not and I like was looking up through my glass. I don't like that when people just because they're tall, they look through the glass at the top of my door. I'm like, that's not what that's there for. That's to let it's not light for you. In. Yeah, it's, it's not, not for you. you to peek in like just just like don't use like that to me is to- toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's like just because you're tall enough to peek in the glass does not mean that that's what that's there for. Like keep your little fucking eyes down. Keep your little lobster eyes down, you idiot. But like it's it's the thing where like I was standing on my steps, which is right next to my door. So I was looking at him through the glass and he was looking up at me through the glass. And we like had this moment of just like me clearly wanting to let this little twink in because like, you know, can I get you a drink, honey? What do you need? You know, Mm -hmm. who knows? And then him looking at me being like, there's no reason why this woman shouldn't be letting me in her house. But I was having this active thought of like, not even the Omicron of it all, but like, (laughs) I don't, maybe you shouldn't be opening your door to a strange man, even this little food God, mini food God. Like, you should not be opening the door to him right now. And, like, I did because I was like, what's your petition for? And he was like, it's for hotel workers to make more money. And I was like, okay. And, like, I – but I'm just not good at that. I'm no. not good at that. And I and I did it anyway. And I feel like what my point in saying this is that, like, maybe if I was reading female dating strategy more often, I would have found the strength within myself to be like, get fucked, twink. Like, get your little clipboard <laughs> off my – Get out of here, you piece of shit. Like, you know what I mean? No, but I would never do that. So, like, that's where I, that's a little bit where I struggle is with boundaries with that, where I don't want to seem impolite. I, I get it. I gave money to fucking Greenpeace a couple of weeks ago because this, it was a really cold day and this guy rang the buzzer and I, uh, and I, and he was like, hey, I'm from Greenpeace. And so I was like, okay, I'll come down. <laughs> stood on my doorstep for like 20 minutes talking to this guy it from Greenpeace. feel bad. Guys, yeah, it was so cold. It was so give cold. Give me a temp on this. Like, I know that when I was growing up, it wasn't like crazy to just like slam the receiver down, like just put the slam the phone on the receiver when a telemarketer would call, especially during dinner. That was a huge trigger in the house. Mm. If you don't call during dinner mm. at my nana and grandpa's house or it's going down okay and so and by down I mean like they're hanging the phone up so like I feel like some you know you get those political donation calls and all that stuff and when I did telephone fundraising for Boston College I rarely got fully hung up on and so like that I think definitely changed the way that I sort of have viewed hanging up on someone who maybe is calling like I don't know have you ever been like, just like you're hot, you're sweaty. It's like 1 PM you're hungry. Like, and then like you're doing all this stuff. It's like that time of the day where you really need to eat something for the first time if you haven't already. And then you get a call from a 
unlisted number. And in my business, sometimes like not answering the phone can be, especially when I was younger, it was like the difference of whether I was going to eat that day. You know, it could have been someone that was like going to offer me a job or something. So I always answered the phone. And I feel such guilt, like when someone from some sort of like democratic fundraiser or someone from some sort of campaign that I've signed up for or something calls and it's like clearly like an old woman who's volunteering her time or someone who is getting paid very little to like probably because they support the cause. I I will sometimes just say like, hey, I'm so sorry. I don't have time to do this right now and hang up on them. And I feel bad about that. Oh, yes. For fucking days. For days, man. I totally get that. I taught like, and also like we have this thing here, I, I guess maybe not so much there because it's not really a walkable city, but around me, they have these like charity fundraisers, like on the street in their little jackets or their clipboards and we call them chuggers. And like, if I see that there's like chuggers out and about, like I have to replan my route so I can avoid the chuggers because I know that I'm so fucking like I just I'm just like oh I can't I don't I I don't want to stop I don't I don't want to give money to this particular thing but but I feel bad because it's like you're out here in your jacket or it's raining and everyone's oh, being well, a fucking that's cunt because that's FaceTime you know what I mean that's face you can't look at someone yeah. I know these people in the Red Scare Reddit would. But like you can't look at someone and not Mm-mm. No. But I never on the phone for me. But like cuz I can't, I don't ever answer the phone. I, if I don't recognize the number, I google it and then <laughs> What's like the most what's the most like generous out of guilt thing you've ever done? Oh, every literally every day moles. I don't know how like I don't, I I will literally set myself on fire so that somebody else can be warm. It's like my most it's my best, worst quality. It's consistent. It's all the fucking time. I know, I know, I know. And like, I think it's being a nice person, but I think it might also be toxic. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you <laughs> end up doing shit or like giving I mean the most recent thing was probably the Greenpeace thing even though it's like a good it's fine it's a good cause and like the guy was nice but I was like he was talking to me about like playing sonar like boats playing sonar that would disrupt dolphins and in my mind I was like I think I was due to be on a fucking like call and I think I was late for like a meeting that I had to do because I was just talking to this guy because I didn't want him to think I was a I was a cunt but I was like but it doesn't really matter because he's going to go and like live his life after this. <laughs> right. Right. I, like it, yeah. he's, he's resilient to this because he's doing this. So he's resilient to this. So you can say, look, okay, that's great. I don't, I don't want to do that. But, uh, I don't know. I did have like a beautiful, a beautiful Mormon boy come to my doorstep like probably a year ago, maybe a little less. And I just like came downstairs and like I looked crazy and like that, like the exterior of like this side patio that he had to walk up on, like literally it looked like, I don't know what it looked like. It didn't look like, I wouldn't say like drug use goes on at the home, but it looked like I was going through a hard time. Like I'll say that it definitely looked like I was, and I am always. And I just like came down and he, I, I saw him in his little like white shirt and I just was like, honey, I'm so sorry. I was like, I cannot be religious today. I can't, but I wish you the best of luck. And he just was like, okay. 
And he like smiled and left. And I was like, there's two ways I can take this. One, he doesn't want me to be a part. He doesn't want me to be Mormon. That's which, insulting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, like if you don't think I can do this, you little 19 year old son of a bitch, maybe I will be Mormon <laughs> and I'll be seeing you at church and I'll be dazzling. Okay. And you will have taken the L of your lifetime because you could have converted me. But you just thought, oh, I don't want this mentally ill woman with this like crazy side yard to be a Mormon. Could have lost out on the best Mormon of your life. That's part of how I feel. The other part of it is like, I always thought that they would like be much more pushy. Yeah. But I think, I mean, in my experience of being, we don't have a lot of Mormons around here, but we do have a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses. And in my experience, when they've witnessed to me and given me a copy of the Watchtower, which is their lovely little magazine, um, they they seem like very they seem like very calm about it. Like they're sort of like you know do do you? Except the one time when a guy did witness to me when I was on a plane after I'd had a glass of wine and a Valium, and I was so ready to sleep in an international flight, and I was just at the point where it was like both the wine and the Valium were kicking in, and I was under a blanket, and he started to witness to me because he'd just come back from building a school in like Kenya or something and and I just couldn't there was nothing I could do I was a captive audience so he really did witness quite hard for quite some time but I just disassociated because I was witness witness is like that's a that's a fun but tough that that's like it's tough and then it gets fun but then it gets tough again (laughs) witness to call someone a witness it's like, okay, yeah, you're a witness. That's like funny. You know what I mean? Or like, I guess, God bless you, you're witnessing. And then like it gets, it gets silly because you're thinking of David Dobrik like as the yellow M&M in a closet, like witnessing this red <laughs> M&M get it in with this lady. <laughs> but then you think about it again and it's like, how pompous of you to think that like you are witnessing something. Like, I mean, Mm. it's just really, it's a, it's a, I, if I could relaunch Jehovah's Witnesses, I would start with the name. (laughs) Just a rebrand. Witness. I don't know. Yeah. Witness. I feel like it it loses meaning. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up here. I feel like this was a great conversation, but we are going to go into, there's this woman who does like a Britney Spears Southern translator thing that basically like humanizes her Instagram captions. And we're also going to talk a little bit about Jamie Lynn Spears on call her daddy. We're going to use that for our Patreon. So if you want to check that out, patreon.com slash solid listen. Thank you so much for listening. And yeah, please go find that conversation. If you want, we it's five bucks and you get more so many podcasts. Yeah. All right, you guys, thanks so much for listening. And uh, Tiffany, we're going to make it big. <laughs> we are. We're about to make it big as feet people. All right. Bye. Bye. That look like a Delta G Every girl in here 10 But it ain't no Tennessee And you might just get some money But it ain't no guarantee Delta G's on the left Delta G's on the right And you know I stay in Texas I don't really like to fight Like we in 2013 Shawty do it for the vine Shawty moving real wet I might have to wind it down Threw the money to the ceiling Now I watch it hit the flow Now rack it up Rack, rack, rack it up King, bag it up Back, back, bag it up King, stack it up Stack
Last that stack it up. She said, Where you at? Sam Marcus down to Texas. And if I drop a pin, best believe that she on the Thought way. She was important, but I moved her right about the I'm way. Delta cheese tonight. Told her, baby, I got cheese tonight. Get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no TAC. Low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow. Like they tell her. Shout out TurboTax, tax refund. What's another? Like the quarterback at recess. No rush. You gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission. No rush. This ain't UT. White shirt orange like a pumpkin. Mama call me, ask me how college is. I said, bus. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.